Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Man, have a seat. How we doing? Man, we're glad you're here. Come on, listen. If this is your uh, first time here, thank you so much. Uh, we just count it a privilege uh, to be in the room with you. Um, we believe that God has a great plan for your life. And no matter where you are in life, uh, no matter if you just came through something really, really hard or you're winning, uh, we just believe that God has something great for you. And, and we just count it a privilege to have the opportunity to minister to you. And so, um, man, it's exciting. We, we love coming together on Sunday. Come on, it feels like family uh, coming together. We have Thanksgiving every Sunday. What's up? Uh, we just get to see each other. It's good. Last week, uh, we started a new series called Stay on Mission. Stay on Mission. And during this political season, it's important for the church to talk about its civil responsibility. Uh, I, I know, I told you last week, there's two things that make people super antsy in church, and that's politics and tithing. And so don't worry, we're not talking about tithing today. Um, and, and so I didn't, I didn't figure I'd give you all the double whammy. Um, um, but seriously, as a pastor, I, I'm called to do more than just encourage and motivate people to be a little better. And And I do think that um, so this is not a critical statement. It will sound like it, but it, it's really not out of a heart of criticism. But it does feel like if um, there are, 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 our church has been reduced, not our, just the church, big C, has been reduced to a little bit of self-help. And our, our goal is to try to have you be a little bit better. Um, but I think the real goal is that our only hope is in God. And... Um, and I think that the, the, the pursuing of him and the surrendering of us begins to start a process of transformation that begins to help our life. And if we uh, negate part of this and only go to the end, then we think that we can be better by just being smarter or just being a little bit more intelligent. At the house, we do our best to deliver truth without bias. Now, we all fight bias. Uh, you're going to hear in 52 sermons out of the year, you're going to hear bias based on background. But we all have, you all came with some bias. But as we continue walking with the Holy Spirit, it is our hope that we continue the process of transformation. Come on, somebody. And, 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 and what that means is um, we begin to become more like him and less like where we came from. Does that make sense? And so uh, for us to avoid talking about the elections because of fear or frustration and, and, and back away from answers, I feel like this is a moment where the church gets to say, hey, we know the way. Not we know a way. And even in church, we've kind of, Dilute a little bit. I don't know about you, but you know nobody likes a uh, watered down Coke. 
You know what I'm saying? You know, no, one, no, no one wants a flat Christian. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so, come on, like, like, uh, take us in. We're trying to do the best we can. Sometimes it burns going down, but we, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, we're trying to do the best we can. But, but I think the, the goal is that we are constantly pivoting and turning and submitting our mentality to Him. Jesus never modeled quitting. So we're not going to take a step back, wash our hands and go, well, that's just uh, society or the church or the kingdom of God doesn't have any place in that. Uh, he stepped in and shared both love and truth continually, even when the topics were touchy. Both of these are hard to do. The woman caught in adultery, he loved the one others wanted to destroy. He also instructed us how to navigate cultural issues. Jesus was not shy about cultural issues, but he always said, here's what the kingdom of God is. Here's what it says. Jesus talked about divorce. Jesus talked about marriage. Jesus talked, Jesus talked about a lot of things on the Sermon on the Mount. You could just read that and be like, if I do that every day, I'm probably going to be a whole lot better. You know what I'm saying? So, so Jesus didn't avoid anything just that was just controversial. Does that make sense? But in fact, the Bible says that sometimes uh, the word, when it is applied, it will actually um, uh, divide uh, dad against son, against against daughter, against mom. And so we've got to be able to come in here and go, okay, uh, what type of division is holy and what type of division is not holy and, and 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 we've got to have this conversation and i believe it's time for the church to have just an honest conversation about how we're doing not how the nation is doing does that make sense okay okay there are two main views of government responsibility there's two main ways that people see government one is that uh it is the government is primarily a a uh, facilitator of a free and individual choice. In other words, government helps us, stays out of our way, and we get to live free, and, and we, we're not really hovered. The other is uh, that government uh, is a guarantor of the common good, and it distributes uh, those goods equally, okay? So basically, government helps all of us and there's a little bit of fairness and there's a little bit of all of us uh, coming together for the common good of man. And so, and so we're going to talk more about principles next week. But, but basically, that's the two thoughts about government. Today, I want to zoom out and take a micro view, um, a, a macro view of God's priorities and processes for a thriving nation. Again, we talked about last week that God alone is the creator, okay? We have to start there. He created value and order and ownership and life and free will and peace, and we see all of that in the garden, okay? Because there was a transition in the garden, mankind moved from freedom to bondage, from from life to death, from security, come on somebody, to insecurity. And now that, that vote that Adam and Eve made by choosing their own life, their own self-interest, by choosing self, they switched the order of the way God had, had, had established it. God had an order. God has a way. God has a process. Okay? 
And so what we have seen now is that moment caused a spiral of death, chaos, bondage, strife. And that is in our society today. As a society, let's just talk about this. We have aborted the mission and worked to construct a world based on our own might, our own intelligence, and our own preference. Does that make sense? We, have, we believe as a society that God is optional, not necessary. Okay. And so here's what we've done. Moral absolutes have been dismantled. God has been pushed out of the public discussion. And there was a time when, you know, Americans had a moral compass, okay? Dignity, civility, these things that helped us stay united. Come on, does that make sense? And so let me give you these stats real quick that just helps you understand that uh, our current issues are not because of the Republican Party, Democrat Party, Libertarian Party, but, but it is a humanity issue. And that's what I'm talking about because here's the deal. If you feel like it's a platform issue only, then we will not take responsibility, come on, for our own choices. And it will be the Democrats that did this to us or the Republicans that did this to us or the Libertarians that did this to us or whatever, but there is a personal choice. And so we have seen our society become more, come on, can we just talk about this? It's become a little bit more lustful, a little bit more greedy. It's not that greed's always been there. Lust has always been there. Does that make sense? But we are seeing it now more prevalent. Does that make sense? It's promoted. <laughs> it's flaunted. You know, that's the society. Well, here's what has happened. As we have seen darkness increase, we have seen light decrease from 1928 to 1945, 69% of our nation believed that the Bible was inspired by God. Okay? Then you go from 70s to 84, 40%. Today, 25%. That's one out of four. Okay? So as we begin to create our own way, we are moving away from order. We're moving to chaos. We're moving to anarchy. Does that make sense? God has a, a way. Truth has become subjective. And it's not my heart for you to, to you can breathe. It's not going to be doom and gloom the whole time. I'm just trying to tell you where we're at. And I do believe that it's time for us to have an open and honest conversation and get back to the mission of making God a priority again. Before God can become a priority in our nation, he has to become first a priority in our lives. Okay? I, have you ever sat down and thought, how did we get here? We're, out of all the people in the world, here's our candidates. <laughs> out of all the people in the world, here's what's going on. But here's the problem, is that very thought is dismissive because all of our candidates, from local government to um, federal government, is a representation of the people. Okay? So if, if, if you don't like what you see, it's easy and it's dismissive to point the finger and go, those people. But there is a responsibility that we all have, come on, 
as the church, as God's people, to put order in correctly and to live different and to live under God's priorities. Okay? So, let's talk about this. His priority becomes our priority. What he values, we value. When we become, listen, when he becomes our priority, then his nature touches our natural and it becomes supernatural. Come on. His love begins to flow from us to others and the church begins to advance the mission. And I just really feel like we need to like remember the mission of what we've been called to do. Your reason that you're here, what we've been called to do, the mission is, let me tell you, the mission is to transition from death to life, to translate the love of the Father to others, and to allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind, which produces transformation. That's the goal. So can I tell you that we have all grown up under so much compromise that you don't even sometimes see it. That's why we have to wash our mind with the Word. We don't put the Word down and make a decision. We look to the Word and then it navigates our decision. Does this make sense? And so the truth is there have been a lot of hurt. There's been a lot of policy. There's been a lot of uh, history where we chose self-interest over how God feels about people, about how God feels about authority, about how God feels about his structure. Does this make sense? So it's not fair to blame and, and spend time blaming people. Let's be the church and let's go. How can we fix it? How do we fix it? So my assignment today is to translate the, we're going to talk about translating the love of the Father to others. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 34. Let's look at this. Therefore, do not be anxious. <laughs> I know we're talking about the Republicans. We're talking about the Democrats. We're talking about the Libertarians. We're not talking about you because you're not anxious. Look at this. Therefore, do not be anxious. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? What we're gonna, what's gonna happen? <laughs> Come on. Y'all are a little bit too tense today. <laughs> For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly father knows what you need. He knows what you need. Come on. He knows what you need. Mama, I'm talking to you. Dad, I'm talking to you. People, granny, you know what I'm saying? A college student. God knows what you need. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Okay, for us to translate the love of the Father to others, we have to begin to realign our priorities. Over the past few months, years, I don't know how long, it feels like more of the divided states of America than than the United. It's our responsibility to get clarity on our mission. Can I tell you, your mission isn't just to adopt or adapt strictly to party lines. Sure, policy is important. We're going to talk about principles next week. But but let me just say this. The goal for us is to overcome, listen, the false ideology that teaches we don't need God. 
We don't need God. We don't need God in government. We don't need God in the courthouse. We don't need God at police stations. We don't need God at schools and the textbook in the classroom. We don't need God in churches. Self-help sermons work great. We don't need God anywhere. And so here's the thing is, are we here because of bad policy or are we here because we have diminished God's role in our lives? Come on. It's much easier for the responsibility to be on everybody, but not on us. To bring God back isn't just an invitation. Because God was never looking for an invitation. He was looking for submission. Come on. For everyone who thinks that if we just vote for the invitation for God to be back, you got to submit to God for the trans working, transformational working power to happen. You've got to say, I decrease. Come on, somebody. He increases and I'm going to do it your way, even though I don't understand your way and your way doesn't make sense. And you're asking me to walk all these people through the sea and there is no way to do that. Come on. Come on. God has established an order of priorities. God has a system and a process to affect all of humanity. Listen to this. Jesus broke down God's commandments and precepts into two thoughts. Love God and love others. Okay? God has a list of priorities and a way that he affects a nation. And so I am here to tell you that while this election is important, because every election is important. It's the election we have. Does that make sense? It's, it's important. But you're not going to vote to save a nation, a world, if you don't realign the priorities that God has set in motion. And here are the priorities. Put this, put this up here. Put that graphic up there. This is how God wants to grow a nation. This is how God wants to transform. It doesn't matter if it's America or whatever. This is how God does it. God wants to be first. From the beginning to the end, God is first. In Revelations, you've left your first love from the very beginning and God began to speak and hover and create and He spoke. Everywhere is a picture of God. When He is first, love flows. When He is first, then it moves into the family. Then the family, come on, moves into the church. Then the church begins to affect the neighbors. Then the neighbors, come on, affect the nation. And then the nation affects the world. And here is why we don't want to do this. is because it takes a long time. We want to vote for morality. We don't want to produce it. We want to legislate control. We don't want to submit to the king. Come on, does this make sense? So let's talk about this. As we read the, the verse we just read, it teaches us that there will be days when we will have to realign our priority. There will be days when our focus will get off. Our emotions, come on, will override us. We will be totally stressed out. Did anybody, don't raise your hand, have a week this week where you were totally stressed out? 
Okay. Look at me. On that day, when you feel like it's all going, it's, it's, it's all, it, it, I'm, someone's going to die today. <laughs> Chill out. Chill. Come on. <laughs> Look to the Father and do not fear. Do not fear. First John chapter four, verse 18 through 21. Let's look at this. Here's what it says. There is no fear in what? Come on, say it. Love. Perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Punishment. As a parent, there are times <laughs> when I have had to instill a little fear. You cannot do that to your sister. <laughs> and now there will be a punishment. <laughs> Here's the idea. If we're not careful, we will live under this oppression and we will vote out of fear, but we will not vote out of love. Come on, look at this. Look at this, 19. We love because he first loved us. Okay, I know many of you have been to church for a long time. So you're like, ah, check, I already know that. No, 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 no. Your love comes from knowing God loves you. If you're in a world where you don't know God loves you, then love doesn't come from you. So then we are divided and we are not... If you do not know you've been loved, then all you know to do is to attack, tear down, divide, conquer, fight. Come on, does this make sense? Because we have first been loved, now we can begin to love other people. We have a culture. Here's the deal. This is why I want your heart to break. We have a culture that doesn't know they're loved. They don't know. They grew up in church. Come on. I hope they're winning. Listen, listen. We, ha we have a culture that maybe they started out in church and, and something happened. Uh, girl got pregnant. Something happened. And maybe it wasn't handled the right way. And so we do love people and we do pre preach truth. But what we what we did is we punished everybody. And so you got people who leaving the church. You got people breaking up with family. And here's the thing is the church is so focused on who the president is that we're not looking at our own hearts and going, what's going on with us? What's going on with my home? Am I the dad I need to be? How intentional am I as the mom? The Bible says to teach diligently to our children what God has commanded. Am I diligently teaching that? Or do I feel like my diligence is just church attendance? Do my kids... Come on, come, come on, does it make sense? So what you're feeling is the responsibility to make where you live great. That's it. 
And that's the church's responsibility. It doesn't matter where we're at. Okay, look at this. Look at this. 20. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. You don't get, as a Christian, if you're not Christian, it's cool, you still decide that. But, but as a believer, you don't get to hate Biden. You don't get to hate Trump. You don't get to hate people who are involved in Black Lives Matter. You don't get to hate Proud Boys. You don't get to hate, you, know, you don't get to, we don't hate, that doesn't mean we align, it doesn't mean we agree, but we don't get to hate. Because here's the deal. We know that we are loved because he loved us. And so we're changing the game. And so we don't feel like what you've done to us affects us because we have someone who loves us and we'll, we look to. It's different. So here's the thing. When we go back to God, go back, go back to that order. God, um, when we remove God and put party, we will be divided. It will happen every single time. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't look at the platform. I'm not saying that you shouldn't vote on those things that align up with godly principles and priorities. We'll talk about that next week. But all I'm saying is when you remove God and put party. And so it goes party. And then I teach my family party. And then I only go to a church that promotes party. And then I only hang out with neighbors who agree with party. And then I am mad at a nation that doesn't agree with my party. Does this make sense? Okay, so for us, listen, our world is using fear to cause us to act. There is no doubt that fear is a powerful choice, a force. But it's not more powerful than God's love. Fear produces distance. It raises the level of intensity. It causes us to lash out rather than give love. It triggers our defenses. Come on. Which leads us to hate. Perfect love cast out all. Say it. Fear. I don't need an artist or an athlete or an actor to give me a lesson on loving people. Where does love come from? Let's talk about it. Where does love come from? Love comes from the agreement, the partnership, the choice, the relationship, the time, the investment, the commitment. <laughs> no. The Bible says that love is a fruit of the Spirit and it comes from God. And when God is first, love rules. That's it. That's where it comes from. This political season, we don't have to be moved by fear. Fear that we won't be safe. Fear that justice will stay skewed. Fear that we're not being told the right information from the media or from the White House. Uh, uh, if we're not careful, our world is programming us. Those who disagree with you, they're the enemy. When someone votes against you, they're attacking your way of life. When they win, you lose. Jesus broke it down and said, hey, look at the birds. When there's trouble and you want some stuff, go and look to God. Maybe this is a wake-up call to the church that maybe the government is not the source. But it is a tool that God can use 
if we will realign our priorities. Come on, does this make sense? Church, truth doesn't come from how you feel. It doesn't come from what we think. It doesn't come from a political party. Truth comes from God. It comes from God. And if we are flexible on this truth, if truth is subjective even in the church, well, then we'll have Republicans in one section, Democrats in one, you know, independents in one, libertarians in one, and we'll... <laughs> crazy. That's, that's what we'll do. And so we'll hinder love. It's vital that we vote. In the lobby, we have voter registrations. This In Arkansas, this is your last week to register. We want you to register by October the 5th. If you don't register now, you can't vote in the election. So we want you to vote. We also have voter guides out there that will help you have information on all the candidates. But we're not going to vote out of fear. If Biden wins, if Trump wins, we have a savior and it's not either one of these men. I'm not saying that God can't use these men. But as a believer, we are instructed not to fear. We, when we know that love is hindered, when love is hindered, fear is loosed. It's not that we don't study. It's not that we don't look at policy. It's not that we don't vote in line with these priorities. Does that make sense? But at the end of the day, our hope comes from, come on, the Lord. And we got to stay on mission. God doesn't ride shotgun. Not in your life, not in your family, and not in the nation. He is not okay with a diminished role. Listen to this. He isn't looking for an honorable mention. He wants to be first. And if he's not first, then he's last. Once God is allowed to be first, then order will come. God will always, listen to this, bless order. God's system in the garden was created to work. By realigning our priorities as a nation, it will thrive. Jesus ministered to both the Samaritan, the Jew, and the Roman. For us to demonstrate what it would look like for the United States of America to be united, it means that we would have to look to him and offer love. That comes from, come on, the Father. Being united doesn't mean uniformity. Listen to what I'm saying. I think that's the biggest thing in the church. You don't have to, none of us are the same. All of us have a different background, a different experience, different education, different culture. All of us are, are different. But there's a difference between having to be uniform and being united under him. Come on. Once God is allowed to be first, order will come. We all basically want one thing. We want freedom. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm sure that there are people that that don't, but the most of Americans want freedom. As a Bible-believing Christian, we believe that freedom is a choice. It's a choice. If we look at this, go ahead and put that next image up there. As we look at this graph we can see how each priority helps the next. Okay? When God is first, the family is thriving. When the families are in order, they are ready to be equipped. When the church is thriving, love is presented. Come on. Listen, listen. When when the 
when God is first, he begins to affect the family. And so there are things that we do and things that we don't do. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about putting God first. Okay? And so what we want to do is we want to be a conduit that funnels everything that God wants for us. So we begin to go, we begin to look at our money. We begin to look at economics. We begin to look at how we conduct our family. We begin to look at our conversations. We begin to look because we know he knows how to do it. And so we open up our family to his instruction and we teach these things to our children and our children's. For all of you who are grandparents, let me tell you, you've got a job. Bring those babies over, start cooking, and make a lesson. See how we're mixing this up? Let me tell you something. You want to grow something, you want to produce something, you want to bake something that's good. You don't have to make, come on. Our generations have got to come in line with God's, come on, priorities. Listen, when we begin to thrive in church, then love becomes missional and it reaches to our neighbors and then our neighbors get discipled and our nation gets stronger and then the nation, come on, has an impact on the world. Each of us have to look at our priorities and our principles. So the question becomes, why are these things under attack? See, because here's the deal. The first three all produce life. When God shows up, there's life. Family produces life. And the church produces life. And so you're always going to have an attack on those three. Because the enemy is against what? Life. Always. Always. Listen, it is clear that the enemy's plan has always come against God's order. He hates God. Like, not, not just like, I'm going to ignore you and I'm going to delete you from Facebook. He hates God. The enemy hates God. The enemy hates family. Why? Because we were created in the image of God. So his destruction of family is a way to hurt God. Does this make sense? Let's just talk about abortion for five seconds. Okay? I think that sometimes the church feels like that's our only message. And we don't even know why we we don't even know why we are against it. Now science has called it fetal and tissue and this and that, and we're debating on when life is. But here's the deal. Remember, the Bible says we fight against principalities, powers, and darkness. We don't fight against each other. We fight against principalities, powers, and darkness. So I need you to elevate your understanding and go, is there a demonic thing happening here? And so why is there an all-out assignment against life? Because life is the image of God, and the enemy wants to destroy the image of God. We've got to elevate our understanding. And with that comes all the complications of trying to be decent and loving and empathetic. Does that make sense? So, so don't, don't hear me say right, wrong, left, right, independent, whatever. I'm just trying to communicate to you why there is an attack on these first three. And if we don't know that, then it becomes just a bipartisan issue and it's platform talking points. But really, God has a plan to change a nation. 
Come on, is this good? It's clear how we treat people. Look, we're going we're to talk about our neighbors. We're going to talk about law and order. We're going to talk about, I can't wait for next week. We're, we are going to engage in the fact that the church should look different. One of the biggest things that our, our church is pushing for, and I'm just telling you, I pray over it. I am trying to hire it. But we are going to be a multicultural, multi-generational church. We are not going to be just a white church with a few colorful, wonderful people. But we're going to have some color. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's going to be fun. We're going to have hooping and hollering and yelling and fun. And uh, it's going, it's just going to, and it's going to feel like the kingdom. And so here's the deal. I cannot be mad at government if our own churches are segregated. See, God has an order. And if we do it his way and we teach our family and we come under the word, then it begins, come on, look at me, to affect our church. And then our church begins to affect the nation. And all of a sudden people begin to look at the church and go, what are y'all doing? (laughs) And we're like, we're loving people. It's crazy because we're loved. Not you guys are religious nuts. You're crazy. You're judgmental. You're hypocrites. Come on. We are tasked with translating the love of the Father to everybody that we meet. That is what our calling, come on, is. He want, the enemy wants neighbor against neighbor. Or at least he'll take this. If you're not going to fight with your neighbor, at least be too busy to talk to them. He doesn't want a nature, na- nation that translates the love of the Father. He wants division. He wants, he doesn't want the world to know about Jesus. The enemy is the author of confusion and he longs to kill, steal, and destroy God's plan. So let's be the church. You guys come on up. Let's be the church. When it looks the most chaotic, let's translate the love of the Father. Let's be the church. When there is darkness, Let's let his love light the way. Come on, listen. I'm not trying to make it just feel good. I'm just saying this is what God said. This is what God said. When it feels like there's no way forward, love finds a way. When division seems natural, love comes and offers a supernatural approach. Here is today's takeaway. Stay on mission. Stay on mission. Come on, come on. Division is not a culture of the kingdom. It's not the culture of the kingdom. The culture of the kingdom is love. This election, like every election, is important. And we want you to vote. But here's the deal. I'm asking you to do the work. And I'm not asking you to vote the way you want to. (laughs) And I think that that's kind of where we've gotten off over the last hundred years. We've picked and we've chosen. Oh, I like their personality. Oh, I like their charisma. Oh, I like their way they do. And so we have been swayed. But God has priorities. And if we will look at these priorities, it will work. And so now I'm going to go back and the diligence that I'm going to do is, okay, 
based on my understanding and where I'm at and God's priorities, this is how I'm going to cast my vote. And I'm going to do the work. Come on, does this make sense? For here, all of us, we want to be a church that seeks the Father. We want to be a, be a church that seeks the Father. We want you to cast your vote. But listen to me, we don't want you to cast your worship on something that is small. Does that make sense? I don't worship the Republican platform. I don't worship the Libertarian platform. I don't worship, come on, help me, the Democratic platform. My worship is reserved for God because He is first. And then I am going to vote the best I can to line up those priorities. And here's the deal. We're in a fallen world and everything's not perfect. Maybe today. You know, maybe today you've lost your own way. Maybe you've had a season where you have put something else in the place of God. And if so, I have good news for you today. The love that we've been talking about all service long is open to you. God loves you. He isn't dismissive. He's not bringing your past against you. He's ready to create order in your life. And He is ready to produce a life that thrives. A life that thrives. If you will allow Him to order your life, I promise you, tomorrow you may not see it. But a year from now, if you begin to come under His order, you will begin to thrive. And and, and is there anybody in this room that could say, once I finally gave up and I began to submit to his process and I came under his leading and I came in order, is there anybody that would say, my life has gotten, come on. Now here's the, if that can happen in your life, can that happen in our local government? If that can happen in your life, can that happen in the nation? Do we need to tear down America because it's all, everything's wrong? Or do the people of God need to come in order and begin to do what God said? And it doesn't matter where we are, if it's communism, if it's whatever, it will work and it will change because God, come on, is not second to any system of man. And it will work in your marriage. It'll work with your kids. It'll work with your boss. It'll work. God is ready to create a thriving life for you, free of bondage and free of division, if you will allow Him to order, come on, your life. Y'all stand up with me. Come on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.